for the sermon. All right. Oh, welcome. All right, welcome to myself. <laughs> you can grab your Bibles and go to Zechariah. We've been in a sermon series in Zechariah, which everybody has been loving because it's so easy, and um, <laughs> nobody, everyone <laughs> thinks it's very easy to understand. No scholars in the world have any problems. Uh, no, it's a uh, it's a book of visions and uh, about the future. Um, and uh, lots of people are frustrated at the Bible study. Uh, there's even an angel in there explaining things. Uh, but as one person at the Bible study said, it doesn't really explain the things we would like to uh, understand. Uh, but uh, it's God's word. And so when God's in Timothy, we hear that God's word is prof- breathed out by God, profitable for teaching and correcting uh, for the man of righteousness. And also Jesus talks about to the Pharisees, like you look to the scriptures to find eternal life, but you misunderstand that they're all about me. So that's why we study all the books of the Bible. Uh, and somebody says, you are so brave. No, I'm probably highly naive and also think that God will do something uh, because that God's the one who does things. It's not because I'm brilliant. It is the Lord's uh, work uh, when we study. With all that introduction, I'm going to give you some more introduction. Um, <coughs> uh, so today we'll be, to I call it Obey. It's uh, kind of what the last thing is going to happen. Uh, it's going to be uh, chapter 6, uh, s- uh, 9 through 15. Uh, but if you just came in today, uh, you're like, what is he talking about? Well, let's do uh, the prophet Zechariah, uh, he prophesies in, in this time period, uh, around 520 to 515 uh, before Jesus. Um, and he comes into the context of uh, where God's people, uh, God chose Abraham, uh, who, who was called Abraham, and then he becomes Abraham. And he says, all of the world, all the world will be blessed in you through this family. Um, But they were also going to go into slavery in Egypt for 400 years. They come out, rebel against God, and walk around the desert 40 years. And then they finally enter this promised land. Before they enter the promised land, Moses gives them a law. And he says, I'll set before you blessing and curse. You will be blessed if you follow God, and you will be cursed if you don't. You will be cursed if you do the same things that I did with all the people who just who I just um, defeated for you. If you do that, I'll do the same to you and take you out of this land. When we come into the story, they have been taken out of the land because God people's God's people rebelled. Uh, there was not a long golden period of time where God's people were just like really following after God. But soon, the kingdom splits in two, Israel in the north and Judah in the south. Judah is a little more faithful. The Israel in the north has no good kings. Um, Israel falls first and is taken into exile, and then later Judah also. But, as I've been learning through this book, God is very merciful, compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. 
because all these rebellious people who worshipped other gods, who did horrible things to one another and to other people, they get exiled, but he calls them back. Even in exile, he sends prophets to them to give hope to them that they can return. Now, through the providence of history, uh, Cyrus uh, makes a decree that they, uh, a king, he makes a, a, a decree that they can go back and rebuild the temple. And so some of the people start coming back uh, to the land to rebuild. And now it looks nothing like what they left. Uh, and the areas dominated by all the powers who's not really interested in them coming back to rule. So there's a lot of conflicts and and con and uh, and, uh, and contra uh, yeah, a lot of conflicts and a lot of fighting with our people around. Now um now as we can see they, they managed to build the the, the, the altar um and they start to build the temple, but then uh, disagreements, persecution erupts, and they stop the temple building. This is where Zechariah comes in to try to motivate and encourage, bring a word from God that they should rebuild. They should rebuild the temple. Well, first of all, <laughs> as we learned in chapter 1, they should actually come back to God. Not just come back to the land, but they should return to God. God gives even this vision that other people will return. Uh, he will punish Israel's enemies, but at some point he will also gather the nations. But he's in the middle of gathering the people, but it seems like the people are not necessarily wanting to be gathered because it seems like he is pleading for them to come back from Babylon and come back. So that's kind of where we come in. Uh, contemporaries of Zechariah's Haggai, and uh, he also prophesies maybe in a little more of a harsh tone uh, for people to come back. Uh, Zechariah seems a lot of times very encouraging uh, for them to rebuild. And just uh, just as I was um, just as I was preparing today, it's it's actually a big deal because the seventy years they've been away from the temple, they've had. Actually, they have had not; they have not been able to sacrifice to God. They have not been able to worship God in the way that it was prescribed. So I was struck by oh, this is actually a big deal. This is their whole system of how they relate to God. Um, so that's what is at stake, also. Uh, these are some of the, I just have lots of maps. Uh, you can see how they taken into exile, breaking back to, uh, from Babylon. Actually, Babylon doesn't really exist anymore. Babylon took them out, then Assyria, uh, Assyria, Babylon, and P Persian media. So it's different kings and different times. Um, and you can see this, just nice cool maps for us there. Uh, yes, so this is where Ezra, Nehemiah is also in this time. <laughs> Esther is also at this, just before this time. And so this is where you're at. So we're at the um, uh, historical end of the Old Testament. There's a few prophets left, uh, Malachi also. Um, and this is where we are in the story of God's people. With all those things said, and for some of you, you've heard it a few times, but you probably can't remember it anyway. Uh, so therefore, <laughs> we will go now and read together. Um, 
today's reading. I'll read through 9 through uh, 15. Six, chapter 6, 9 through 15. And the word of the Lord came to me, Zechariah. Take from thy exiles Hiliel, Tobijah, and Jilehad, who have arrived from Babylon, and go the same day to the house of Josiah, the son of Zephaniah. Take from them silver and gold, and make a crown, and set it on the head of Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. And he said to him, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, the man whose name is the branch. For he shall branch out from this place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. It is he who shall build the temple of the Lord, and shall bear royal honor, and sit and rule on his throne. And there shall be a priest on his throne, and counsel of peace shall be between them both. And the crown shall be in the temple of the Lord as a reminder to Helam, Tobijah, and Anida, and Hen, the son of Zephaniah. And those who are far off shall come and help to build the temple of the Lord. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. This shall come to pass if you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Uh, so if you've been here in the, in, in the other weeks, we've just gone through, uh, uh, we, we, ha- we have this, uh, you can say, introduction where God calls his people back, and then you have the eight night, the, the eight nine, the eight night visions where uh, uh, Zechariah has nine visions. Like he has visions of what is going to happen. There's, there's horses, there's, uh, well, there's horses, and then there's people and other things going on. Uh, but today it kind of changes a little bit. Uh, now he doesn't get a vision at night. Now the Lord speaks to him. And the Lord, and the word of the Lord came to me. So God is speaking creatively, differently. Uh, he's asked to do, uh, he's asked to do, he's asked to do um, a, profi- a prophetic sign act. He's going to act something out that God will do. In my Bible reading, I was just in the place where uh, 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 Isaiah is asked to walk around naked for three years. That's a kind of a, a hard task to do. <laughs> so the prophets are sometimes uh, asked to do things uh, and then they show and act out what God will do. Um, so he's supposed to, he hears the word of the Lord and he's supposed to go do something. Um... And, and what is it that he's supposed to do? He's going. He's supposed to go rob somebody. I was like, <laughs> no, he's not. But he's supposed to go to these uh, people that come back. And he's going to take their silver and gold. That's why I was joking about robbing them. Um, but we would think that they offer these willingly, or at least that they will, because it seems like they do. Um, these people have come back from Babylon. And uh, <coughs> he's supposed to go... Uh, that same day to them 
and then he's gonna go to uh, the other guy's house and make a crown and set it on Joshua's head. And then it becomes a little bit of a strange what's going on. And then he's gonna say, behold, the Lord of hosts says, look at the branch, the Shemak. He shall branch out and build the temple of the Lord. And then it's repeated right after. And he's just spare royal honor and sit and rule on his throne. And there should be a priest on the throne and the council of pe- between them both. So there's two people on the throne. Uh, but the crown shall be in the temple as a reminder to Helam, Toboja, Ajida, and him. And those far off shall come and help build the temple. And then you will know that the Lord has, of hosts has sent me. But this shall come to pass if you diligently obey the word of the Lord. Uh, okay. So he's had, he's, there's a callback for peop- God's people to come. And then he has these eight visions. Now he gets to, now he has to do this uh, acting out of this sign. And then he has a strong encouragement that the to the people who didn't obey God to, <laughs> it was like, this is going to happen if you actually obey and then that proves that God sent me. All right. One of the things I just wanted to share in this story is that we see God speak. He speaks in creative different ways. It, it reminded me of how creative God is. He's made you. But also one of my one of my favorite or animals, I don't know if it's my favorite animals, it's just uh, an interesting animal at the Suez giraffe because it just doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you make something like that? I think it shows God's humor and also his creativity. You have an extremely, you have an extreme animal with long neck, but have you seen them move? It looks amazing when they move. Like, it's this amazing, it's like slow motion or something. But, um, and then God has also made something, <laughs> this may be a more nerdy and weird, but he's also made something called the bombardier beetle that can actually, <laughs> that can actually spray out fire. That is uh, pr- impressive. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, you might think, what has that to do with anything? Well, it, I think God... Uh, which I think maybe sometimes frustrating to us when we walk with God a little while, is that God doesn't necessarily keep communicating to us in the same way. Yeah, like, and, and so here, God communicates with Zechariah in different ways. He gives us these pictures, but now He gives him His He gives him what seems to be audi- audible instructions to go do something. We see God being very creative in doing that with visions and words, a burning bush. He speaks through a donkey. It doesn't happen often, just next one time. He asked the people to do um, prophetic acting. So God speaks through the prophetic acting. He gives people dreams. Uh, even sometimes God, enemies can, enemies in the Old Testament and New Testament does God's work, God's work for him. And he speaks of evil kings as, as his servants. God writes his word down. We, we have the Ten Commandments with all of them prophets, and we have, we have the whole 
uh, New Testament. We, we have the Psalms we quoted from today. We have nature. The heavens declare the glory of God. We see the prophets, they heal people. They make food. They can call down fire from heaven. Uh, they can make it rain. They can make it stop rain. We see how God communicates through his prophets and his people. And then we see in the New Testament how Jesus does all those things also. He doesn't split the water. He walks on the water. He actually stops people from calling down <laughs> fire from heaven. But instead, he, he takes on the wrath of God. Jesus, when he communicates with people, he uses stories and parables and, of course, his teachings. He uses also signs and wonders. He heals. He uses how he prays. Uh, he tells the disciples of what will happen, how he will die, how he will raise again, and how he'll come back. Yeah, but Paul, Paul says to the people in the Romans, they have no, that people have no excuse because when they look at creation, they can see that God is real. So God communicates a lot to us in many different ways. So you might say, okay, but what about today? Yes. You, you, you study God's word. You know God speaks to you. But you also know he doesn't speak to you the same every time, even though you do the same thing. You might play the same three songs as you did when you had a great encounter with God, when you were really taught something. You could read the same passage every day, but he doesn't communicate to you the same way. You probably don't even learn the same about who God is when you do it. And then there's like, uh, I have sometimes said, I think it's frustrating because like, you know, I'm teaching, I'm, uh, you know, I meet God strongly in his word uh, through some worship time of songs, uh, through doing some act or something and I can do the same thing and God's like, no, it doesn't work. But I was thinking about that. It was like, you, you know, you had a great time with friends. They came over. You're sitting around the table. It's just like great. And you, you uh, and then you, you call them to ask them to come next week. You prepare the same food, you do everything else, and you do the same thing. Does the same thing happen? No, it doesn't, because it's relationship. So there's not this formula of how we can do relationships. Let's play, let's pray this, uh, let's pray this game, let's pray this game, and everything's going to be great. It's just like last time. When we put those things on our friends or other people, come here, I want to have fun, or something, it's not necessarily going to work out. Why? Because we're, we're different. We're creative. We're not, it's not like we're just stay the same. Um, that's also the same, that's the way God is with us. He, he reveals himself through his word and through one another, through all these things, but not necessarily the same way all the time. Because it's this invitation yeah, what's it, an invitation too? Because sometimes I've, I've, I've found it strange because we are supposed to pursue God. It's like, what? Like God, God knows where I am. I don't even pursue God. Well, that's the way to pursue God. That we continue to, 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 to hear and, and go after God. And it's not like God's hiding over here by a bush. But he's like, well, come and see who I am. 
No, no, you can't just do the same thing all the time because I'm bigger than that. You have to, you, you uh, and, and it, the great thing about becoming a Christian, there's no, it's so easy. It's like, you just say, hey, Jesus, and you're like, he's right there. But then God goes like, okay, wh- what am I if I go here? So God is creative, and he, just, he draws us in, and he asks us to pursue him, although he's already pursued us. But he's asking us to deeper and deeper relationship. And then we're going to experience it different ways. Like we, you know, like sometimes, like Myers was saying, like sometimes we're going to cry. Like I'm just so convicted about my sin. Or I'm just so happy about Jesus that I cry. Or I'm just like, I feel like a scream. Or I feel like, oh man, today I'm just going to be like, I'm just going to sit in it today, you know. It's like I'm just like really convicted. I just got to be, okay, I got to move on this. I have to do something. So, so God, even how He interacts with us, it doesn't do it the same way, and we're not even gonna feel the same way. We're not gonna think the same way. Sometimes it's gonna be sadness. Sometimes we're gonna full of joy. Sometimes we're gonna be angry in a good way because it's gonna move us to do something. Sometimes we're gonna be reminded about that person. Somebody needs a call. Somebody needs help. Sometimes the, the most frustrating days are. Or what somebody else calls it's 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 just another Tuesday. When you sit there, you do devotion, or you do your time with God, and and you, you go through, and you're like, okay, you pray, like, and nothing happens. It's just another Tuesday. Why Tuesday? Because Monday is like kind of like you got like just into the week again and so Tuesday is like that's when you're like okay now things are going to start working but no Tuesday is not really spectacular nothing really happens but just remember that unless you have like a really amazing camera you don't see plants grow for you who have children you don't see your kids grow you just notice that they need new pants again uh, new shoes so it's an encouragement to continue to pursue God also when we don't really feel like God is saying anything or doing anything. We can't reproduce our experiences with God and I don't think we should. God makes those experiences for us by the Holy Spirit. And he teaches himself, he teaches us about himself and how to grow in relationship with God by the Holy Spirit. That's just one caution, is that it's not everything. It just We have to say this, because I one time did youth work, and somebody said, what about if God says something evil? I was like, then it is not God. Uh, if it's about hurting other people or hurting yourself, it is from an evil one. And that's why the New Testament calls us to test everything. If it is not in line with God's word or who Jesus is, then it is not from God. And we are very free to reject those thoughts or impressions. Um, God doesn't tell us to do evil or do something contrary to his revealed word. And then you're like, what? 
Yes, so that's why we're going back to the text now. Okay, Zechariah, he's asked to go take <laughs> the silver and gold and to make this, to make this uh, crown. Um, there's something about the text that says crown. Some people say it's feminine, feminine, feminine plural, so some people would think there's more crowns. Um, he's supposed to make it for Joshua. And then all these names are mentioned. And I have one time taught through the names in Matthew or other places where you get a bunch of names, hard to pronounce. But remember, when the Bible talks about names, it's like, it's real people. And it's real people that people, that at this time people could check who they were and where they came from. Then if you go into the the names it gives uh, gray hair to many scholars and other people because the names change from from the beginning to the end they're not it's not the same names now it doesn't have to be as as a bigger problem as possi- as some people make it uh there could be like actually very simple explanations Sometimes in the Bible, people have names that are the same, but it's not the same person. Sometimes in the Bible, one person has many different names. You remember Paul was called Saul. Abraham becomes Abraham. Uh, and we live in a, in, and these people live in a context where they've been in a different country. So, they might have their Jewish names and they might have Babylonian Assyrian names. They might also have nicknames. How am I any of you have more than one name? I have two. Am I the only one? Everyone, all of you, you don't just have one name. What is your first and last name? Everyone has more than one name. Right? Yes. Okay. I have two. I have two names. Uh, Christian Bach. Most people, when I play soccer, never call me Christian. That was only my last name. Okay. So why am I trying to say this? I. I. Well, why am I saying? I'm saying that sometimes it's actually not a big problem that the names change, because they, the people, are the same. Now it's actually r- not really known a lot about these people, so even more it's not such a huge deal. Um, but it's just in case somebody, you get into an apologetic debate about Zacharias 6, then you can say, well, it's the same people, but it, um, it's just alternative spellings of the name. Actually, a, conter- a con- uh, what is it called? contemporary example is that we have students that come from China, then all of a sudden they call Candy, Sophie, and uh, uh, and Linda, and John, and James, and I'm like, <coughs> you're from China, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's not really your name. No, 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 no. That's my whistle. That's that's the name I took because I came here. Uh, <laughs> and some of you are smiling because you experienced that, because most of us don't know how to say Ding Chung, like. So also even Chu Hao, who most of you know as Charles. He came and he was called Charles, but his name is actually Chu Hao. So 
even in our context, it's not so uncom- it, uh, uncommon that we have different names. Um, and some of you have nicknames. Maddie actually also have a different name. And uh, my name is not my last name, but that's what I was called. <laughs> All right. So, uh, mm, crown. Okay, so Zechariah is supposed to crown Joshua. We heard about Joshua uh, a few chapters back. Uh, he was standing all dirty and he needed to have new clothes on, which God provided. Um, at the same time, we also, uh, just around the same time, we also hear about Serubabel, who, 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 uh, who, who then also exactly the one that's been told that he will finish the temple. So there's some mixing of these two. It, it seems like there's some, some um, when we talk about the branch, it seems like there is some extra things about these guys when we look back to the visions. It would seem that those two together are going to restore uh, the right worship of the temple together as, uh, as Joshua is uh, the priest uh, and as Serubo was the governor who kind of was the king maybe-ish, but you can't really be a king when you're a king under another king. Um, but those things, and so he's charged, to do, he's charged to do that. He will give him the crown, and then he will charge the people, you guys, uh, this is going to happen if you all diligently if you all diligently obey the voice of the Lord. So when the text becomes a little bit um, there in, uh, what's it called, when we talk about the branch, uh, some better what's saying is like, as he's giving, as he says, behold, it's then he's talking maybe to a different person. Like, behold, because you have to see who's coming. So we've talked about the branch also. The branch was also revealed over in chapter uh, 3. And it seems like this branch is not them because the branch can do uh, more than those two did. Um, and so then, uh, as my wife said, is this one today, the text for today is very easy. It's about Jesus, the branch. It's like, well... <laughs> Okay, but just as we, as we go to the immediate context here, maybe that is not so obvious for the readers and the receivers of this, that this is Jesus. Uh, they, they, as us, I, if we remember the, the um, theology of the branch, is it something that's going to sprout out and it's going to come from the root of Jesse. It's going to do those things. It's going to restore and bring peace and it's going to be uh, the Lord's servant through uh, Jeremiah. So that's what the theology of the branch comes with. And so so if we look to uh, these two guys, Joshua and Zechariah and uh, Serubabel, well, uh, um, it it doesn't really seem like they co- accomplish all these things. Now we 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 think uh, that they are going to accomplish the building of the temple and restore worship. Uh, 
to the land, which is a big deal for the relationship with God of the people. Uh, but it seemed like they would not be able to bring everlasting peace and everlasting dominion. Uh, so that will seem to be future then and still future now. But <coughs> but why is all this? Well, it's because it's because of some of the things that have been said there. Uh, he will branch out from this place. Uh, he will bear royal honor and sit and rule on his throne. And there shall be a priest on his throne and the council of peace shall be between them both. Okay, so how many thrones are there? How much royalty is there? Is it royalty or just nobility? Is it all these things? And it seems like there's more people on these thrones. And why are they on thrones if they are priests? Um, and then the other part of like, well, now you got the crown, but the crown's actually going to be a symbol in the temple, a symbol <coughs> of what all God has done as for the people that they will be able to look back on the faithfulness of God and what he's done and remember that God is with his people and he he brought them back he didn't just bring them out of Egypt he also brought them out of Babylon so <coughs> Joshua in Zerubbabel built the temple or the power of the God will the power of God's spirit spirit in the context of chapter four and th- four three and four then are the ones who will build the temple. The restoring the priestship priestship priesthood and the kingship. Um, and that is a big deal for them. Now it hasn't happened yet because that's what Shakurai is asking them to do. And um, and then we have the issue, no, not issue, but sometimes it's an issue and I think it's something that we need to address also to us because sometimes people quote the Bible weirdly. But um, as it's like a uh, promise thing and you just get stuff. Um, because the last part is these things will ha- will pass come to pass if you diligently obey my voice obey the voice of the Lord your God and you will know that I was sent by him so that's like the last part oh, there and you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you that's Zechariah saying I was sent to you and you'll know that if these things happen so you need to listen to God and do what he says. Now I have this uh, section called conditional and unconditional. Because when we read scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, there's a lot of times it is conditional. And you'll be like, what? I am a child of a reformation. I know that, it, that uh, the love of God is unconditional and I do not uh, work for my salvation. I am not saying you do. I'm saying how we apply the teachings of God is sometimes conditional. Actually, oftentimes it is. So here it is, conditional. You don't earn your salvation, no. You don't. 
That is free gift of God through Jesus. But the Bible clearly teaches that you don't get God's power if you have no intention of using it. You won't get God's peace if you're not walking in his way. So it's just a caution, like when somebody quotes something or it's on a coffee cup or I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, read the rest. It's not so you can make me, like, so you can make a lot of money or you can overcome things. Like, read why it's there. Last week, I talked, uh, last week it is this powerful passage from, from Philippians where, 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 um, where uh, Paul writes to the Philippians about the peace that surpasses all understanding. That's conditional on what he says in the passage. You will never get that peace if you don't rejoice. If you don't believe that Jesus isn't coming soon, if you're not full of thanksgiving to God, you will never experience that peace. According to that text. Now God is God, so he can do whatever he wants to do, but it's clear that we see some things are conditional. That we will not receive power to do things if we're not walking with God and we have, we have no intention of, of, uh, of using it the way God has, Im- has given it. Because if you would get the peace that surpasses all mind, uh, all the, the, the peace of God that surpasses all things, because you lay on the sofa, with your finger up your nose, well, that would be mean by God. That you should get a, a feeling of like, I shouldn't be doing this, I should start doing something else. Um, and, and so this is, this is what I'm saying, is that w- w- sometimes we, we, uh, there's nothing wrong with obeying Jesus. There's absolutely nothing wrong with obeying God. It probably actually shows that our hearts and minds have been changed. And so even when Zechariah is calling out to the people to do what God has said, well, will they do it? Do they trust he's been sent from God and have the people been changed so that they actually want to follow God? Now, the problem was that them and us sometimes pr- break our relationship with God. They were thrown into exile. You can say we, we have an exile of sin that breaks us, r- relationship with one another and with God. But it's good for us then to repent, to follow the rules of restoration to God. And also, it's actually a big deal when Moses gives them the law and says there's a curse and a blessing. Blessings following God. Be in relationship with God and the curse is not doing that. You will destroy yourself and you will destroy other people. If you worship other people, you will be like them and you will destroy them. Instead, you follow God. You will be in relationship with him and he will bless you to be
be in that relationship. So we don't earn God's favor. No, He's already shown us His favor and His love by sending Jesus. So He's already shown us that He loves us. He loves us first. Salvation is free and it's in Jesus. The true branch that's going to come later. The true king, the true prophet, the high priest, the one who comes to make all things new. That was just a little detour about it's important to follow Jesus, listen to his word, and do it because you love God not because you want to earn his love because then it doesn't work the people their task is to build the temple Zechariah has over and over and now he's also acted it out asked them to do that while they obey God the encouragement for them also, maybe a little more hidden, is the theology of the branch. That God will judge his enemies. Many nations that have oppressed, oppressed them will be, will be judged. But also that God will gather actually many nations to himself and make them his people. When the branch comes, <coughs> as it's promised in Genesis 3, shalom and peace will be restored with God and people. But we're not exactly there yet. So the question is like, where do we put our hope and faith? I would say in Jesus, as we've been worshiping him today, in Christ Jesus, the true branch. The one that Paul was asking us to rejoice because he was coming soon. And so we could be thankful as well. And that peace would spread in us also. God's people is challenged in this time to rise up and build, restore their physical system of, of uh, religious worship so that he could worship God again. Serubabel and, and um, Joshua shadows of the branch that was coming. Now when Jesus came they were expecting another one. They were expecting the warrior king to come and judge and kill all the people. Which when we read the New T Old Testament it's, it's also there. The judge who would judge all the people that didn't follow God judged the people that had oppressed his people. They got another savior. So did we. The one we read about in Isaiah in the servant songs, the suffering servants. When we talk about communicating who God is, God did it the best in his son, Jesus. Because he is the perfect image of God and we could finally actually understand even better who God is. He became personal. He has like experiences. So he is the true 
a perfect high priest so he understands us. He's the perfect sacrifice that, that was fulfilling all of the sacrificial system. He is the perfect king who will rule forever. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time and thank you for revealing yourself in your word as a creative God who speaks to Zechariah in different ways and you call us to pursue you as you found us first. Um, you call us to draw near. You call us to, out of love, obey your your rules and your word. Um, and Lord, you do it all by your spirit. Um, God, I just ask you to forgive me for the many times I just want you to do stuff and just be the same so I can do this and then you will do that I have the same experience Lord I pray uh, thank you, and thank you that you're more creative than that you're a bigger God than that Lord I pray as, as we can just sit in these things and these words for for how the Jews could restore their, their worship to you and their relationship with you I, I thank you Jesus that you're the one who's made it possible for us to understand better who God is and to see how he, he loved us through you, through you. How your life and your death and your resurrection and ascension and how you're coming back. Um, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit so we can be reminded about what you've done. We can be reminded of who you are and what you do. And I pray for each of us now as we just listen to your word. And I pray you help those of us who need you to rejoice. While they're just like, this is going to cause rejoicing. Some of us who need to be just somber and be thinking, that will be the case. Um, if we need tears, if we need correction, I pray you do that um, in this time as we ponder who we are. Lord God, thank you for this time in Zechariah. I just pray you be honored and glorified in it. Uh, give us wisdom to understand what all things mean. Um, and we pray that you would help us now as we are going to receive your benediction and go eat. And I pray we we'll continue to worship who you are together. And so we ask for that. And pray for the kids in there. And just thank you for the yelling and screaming and right before uh, as they learn about who you are. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, I forgot my. Uh, once again, I forgot these things. Um, I think I'll just read this one. It just underscore what we talked about. Matthew Henry talks about let n- let us not think that of separating God, what God has joined in His council of peace. We cannot come to God by Christ or priest if we refuse to have Him rule over us as King. We have no real ground to think of peace is made with God unless we try to keep his commandments. So he's not saying we should uh, work for it, but we can't say that we have Jesus as our Savior if he is not our King and Lord. 
So, and some uh, more. That's the same kind of thing. All right, so let us stand up for the benediction. <coughs> and, um, okay, I forgot. My wife has also tried to tell me. Uh, I don't just ask you to be bold. Uh, we don't know exactly. Maybe at some point we do something different. But if you're moved by the what I've been talking about or something in the service, please don't just run away. Ask somebody next to you or somebody to pray with you. They highly likely, more likely, would love to do that. So, um, yeah, just a, a thing to do. All right. So uh, let us let us have the benediction. So author of Hebrews writes, Now may the God peace who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal co- covenants, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, work in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Don't run away. Tatiana has made food for us. So... God bless. Have a good week.